Hi, I'm Avery. This is Lily. And welcome to another episode of uh, From the Closet. Uh, today we're covering our first Ghibli movie on the podcast, My Neighbor Totoro. Ah, My Neighbor Totoro. Um, yes. Before today, I actually, well, before I watched it, I actually have never fully watched the movie, even though I owned it. <laughs> I watched it... Um, freaking years ago, like pretty early in my high school um era, <laughs> and I've been out of high and I've been out of high school for like five and a half years now, so I barely remembered much of the movie. Um, I mean, out of all the so, movies I've watched recently, it's very not plot heavy. I mean, not much about mm. any plot. But it's just so magical. Yeah, it's like... It's meant to be, like, a feel-good family movie. Um, and can I just say, the score is oh, incredible. God, yes. Like... Ghibli is like, never granted, disappoints. Uh, like, okay. Granted, a lot of it is remixes of either the opening song or the ending song. But the parts that's not is, like really really good and actually gives me a lot of uh it, it gives me a lot of pokemon mystery dungeon vibes like i just kept listening to it and thinking yeah this totally sounds like the music i would be hearing inside of a mystery dungeon yeah that um i definitely understand why um and what do you say about remixing and being in um a big music like music's definitely the biggest part of my life I have to say that remixes are probably one of the best form of music because it reminds the, the pe person listening, has them think back. Yeah. I think it's a great use of resources and also um, nostalgia that just happened like five minutes ago. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And there's like, my, this movie would later, you know, have influences in other uh in other animations later down the road um i'm trying I mean, to totoro is the um, mickey mouse of uh, um japan right now like <laughs> <laughs> well see one of the things that i know for sure that this movie inspired appa ah so that's yes. why the voices sound so similar well okay it's not well like it's not the Totoro creature that actually inspires Appa. It's mm -hmm. Cat Bus. That makes so much sense. Yeah, it, like literally Cat Bus was used as a reference for animating Appa. I'm still wondering why the voices sounds I'm just I was listening to this movie, I was like, Appa, is that you? I'm wondering if D. Bradley Baker is behind the voice of Totoro. That is something that uh, is worth, you know, just looking up live. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. Let me close all these tabs. <laughs> Don't need them. Yeah, so real quick, I'm just going to Google voice of Totoro. And, you know, it's just not going to work. Great. Internet, Don't you are fantastic. It? Yes, please do it. <laughs> Totoro. I don't know a thing. Yeah, so... Him... Wait, is that... No. Okay, it's just showing me a bunch of uh, voice actors. I don't actually know which one did which. Oh, that's rough. I know, right? Um, um, just, let's just continue while I'm trying to look for it. Yeah, so we basically start the movie with, um, you know, it, it, hey, let's it's... Go. Hey, let's go! <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I was gonna talk about, you know, the, hmm. the farmer dude moving in the truck, but actually, you're right, the movie does start with that opening song, um, which, you know, is pretty, you know, it's pretty kiddish and stuff, but it's pretty also... Upbeat. Yeah, it's really good. Like, a, a, a lot of this movie, it, it very much sets up the vibe that this movie is going for. So we have 
this truck sort of thing, and um, these two girls are riding in the back, and they're like, clearly, this family is moving to a house in, like, the middle of the country. Um, and they get, like, uh, one thing that really made me laugh is they pass by some dude on a bike, or actually, no, it's the other way around. Some dude on a bike passes them. <laughs> the girls hide because they think it's a policeman. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. <laughs> now, it's actually not legal to um, be in there while the car is driving. They just commit massive tax fraud. Nah, it's... Uh, okay, at least in America, I know this is Japan, but at least in America, it is illegal to ride in a vehicle like... Well, in the back of a vehicle like that, like... I would, by their reaction, I would um, picture that that's what the movie was trying to say. That although, it is also... Although, let, let me just point out a little bit of the hypocrisy with American seatbelt laws for a minute. You have to wear a seatbelt unless there's like 50 of you in the same fucking vehicle. <laughs> Seriously, why the fuck don't most buses have seatbelts? Well, I do have a, a little bit of an answer for that. Um, at least other drivers can't um, hit you down. <laughs> I was No, I was in a bus, and there was another bus. Um, it was two buses carrying the entire class. And apparently a car actually got a little bit too close to that bus. Guess what one? The bus? But yeah. Yeah, like, is the, the car bus got gonna... totaled. Yeah, like, but... <laughs> Is the bus gonna freaking be, like, a big rig 18-wheeler? I'm not disagreeing that it should have seatbelts, but I still thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. But, my entire point, buses, they need seatbelts. Moving on, uh, we get to this house, and, um, we basically sort of are more more introduced into what uh, our main characters, Satsuki and Mei, are like. And, I mean, they're pretty much just little kids. That's, like... <laughs> you know, actually, I was wondering if this is serious. I really should have looked it up. Um, what age um, the older one was? Uh, part of me wants to say, like, ten. Um, I know Mei is, like, four. No, yeah. she is four. They, they actually said that in the movie. May is absolutely four. I don't think they actually said um, Sasuke's name. You mean age? Uh, not, wait, name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did say Sasuke's name, but let me just tell you the name that was said in the movie. <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> Fumbled over your words there a bit. <laughs> but yeah, the um, age. I do not believe they said that. But nope. I believe around 10. Yeah, 10 seems right to me. Um, but anyway, uh, they go like kind of exploring this new house that they've got, and they come across these things that um, are they're like tiny little black balls, and they all just disappear as soon as you come into the room. Um, and... Uh, well, Throughout the movie, culture. they actually call them different things. They, they'll they call them soot gremlins, and then they'll call them soot sprites. And it's like, okay. Um, yeah, welcome to Japan culture. <laughs> and then, like, we also get introduced to this gra this character that they call Granny, um, who I swear, I swear I've heard her voice before. And I almost want to say that she's the old lady that, re like, recognizes Katara as, uh, the granddaughter of her old friend in the end of season one of The Last Airbender. Um, let me just go, Totoro, I can't find the voice of the person, of the, um, the character that the name is based off of, but I hopefully I can find this one. Yeah, like... It, it, it would be really nice, but it's not that necessary. Totoro, but, Granny... Uh, you can continue. Anyway, so, basically, these soot gremlins, they're not really necessary 
to the movie. They don't like they don't actually do much of anything. They're more for like setting up the atmosphere, I guess. Like creating more of a vibe. Um <laughs> and uh it's sort of implied by Granny that only young kids can see them. Um it's so sense. Yeah. <laughs> so we I'm gonna fast forward a little bit and we have Satsuki going to school and then Mei is still young enough that she's not going to school yet, so just she just goes around playing and stuff and just um, chilling. Yeah, just kinda uh, just vibing, jazzing. <laughs> referencing soul there a bit um <laughs> because she's about to see something which i would very much describe as a soul um it, it, it's kind of like a small tiny totoro that for some reason can just teleport <laughs> well i don't think it was teleporting it was um turning invisible yeah it's a bit weird and then there's suddenly there's a bigger one and she starts chasing them both um, and then they're big one. And she runs face first into a bush, and I find that hilarious. Because, of course, little kids are going to do that. Actually, mm. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I'm going to go back in time a little bit. And in some ways, this movie reminded me of why I don't like kids. <laughs> really? Wow. Um, and there's two, there's, there's only two scenes in the movie that do this. There's the moment where Satsuki is running around and uh, is basically being like, hey, wake up, it's morning. And it's like opening the door and letting, like, shining light in on her sleeping father. And then May is like, literally sits on her father and just starts bouncing on him, trying to wake him up. Like, okay. no. You might be interested about this. Um, the voice actor for Granny in the English version. Well, it makes sense why they have been in a lot of other Disney movies. Ursula. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you go from being in My Neighbor Totoro, which is a pretty decent movie, to going to The Little Mermaid. Mm. Um, but actually, Little actually Mermaid might have come. Little Mermaid mm. might have come out first, actually. But either way, I I, I don't like that movie. Um, which I will event will eventually cover that on the podcast, and I'll explain more why I don't like the Little Mermaid. Also, no. Um, My Neighbor Totoro, nineteen eighty eight. My The Little Mermaid, nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so she was probably doing, you know, both roles at the same time. Um, mm -hmm. because, Disney, it, um, because of so, how long it takes movies to be made. Um, well, well, you actually, might want with this to one, stand by, because there's two voice actors listed. For Ursula or for Granny? For Granny. Hmm. I wonder what happened there. Uh, Let's find... I'm going to check if I can actually find that role in the... Um... Oh, wow. Yeah. So, anyway, let's just continue on a little bit. I will get to the point where the, mm -hmm. other, the other scene in the movie that reminded me of why I don't like kids. Um, but I'll do it later because it comes much later in the movie. But anyway, uh, so after... May has just run face first into a bush. Um, she then discovers, oh, there's this secret tunnel. <laughs> secret tunnel. <laughs> what the hell is this? What? And, well, I mean, yeah, she's basically like, what the hell is this? And starts well, running through. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can, um, I might have some breaking news here. There's two versions of My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, boy. Uh, um, I was not aware of this. 
So, okay, um, the first actor called, um, you know, Granny, but apparently, in this, the trauma version, English version voice, Nanny. Weird. Um, so, I think it's pretty obvious, uh, to our listeners which version we ended up watching. Um, Yeah. For the record, it's the one on HBO Max. I'm, um, I'm going to do some more research so I think you can explain the plot a bit more. Yeah, so basically uh, she just is running through this little secret tunnel. She comes across a big tree, and there's also a secret tunnel inside of the tree. And she falls through this secret tunnel, and she finds a Snorlax. Right? Snorlax. <laughs> Right? That's totally a Snorlax, right? (laughs) You know, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Snorlax was inspired by Totoro. I mean, I would understand why Snorlax has, like, the the previous evolution is a smaller version of it. Yeah. It's just like the... Munchlax (laughs) also looks like that smaller version, and I'm, like, it just makes so much sense to me. And, like, I actually have a shiny Snorlax, like... I, I actually have a shiny Snorlax named Totoro. Okay, so I um finally figured it out. What is it now? The mo- the movie we watched, I think it was the Disney version. Apparently Fox did their own version. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> that okay. Um But anyway. Um, the, well, both of them are the same movie, but it's just which one was the translation. Yeah, so basically May comes across this Snorlax and decides to name nickname it Totoro. <laughs> oh god, okay. <laughs> and uh, she falls asleep, and then uh, eventually Satsuki gets home, and of course uh, their father has been working, um, because, like, he's a teacher at a university, so, um, you know, you know how much they have to work, even at home, and they don't get okay. paid for that. Um, <laughs> okay, but let's, let's dial back to this father for a second here. It's just, like, something interesting slash paranormal happens, father. What? What happened? I don't know. <laughs> he's like, oh, what happened? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Big <laughs> like, tree. I, the most, forget this later, but the most, um, the worst time this happened was Big Tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. When, uh, okay. We'll get to that in a bit. Yeah. Um, because that's a bit later in the movie. But basically, Satsuki comes home and they both realize, hey, May's missing. So they go looking for her. Satsuki finds May's hat and she starts running through the secret tunnel. And, um, it's no longer secret, it's just a tunnel. Yeah, well, I mean, now it's a tunnel. Now it's just a tunnel. Because now it's a secret to everybody. God, I'm making all the references here. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, finds May just sleeping in a little clearing. There's no tree. There's no Totoro. No Totoro. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly, May can't find her way back to the tree and just finds. It that it basically just the tunnel now just leads in like a weird semicircle sort of thing, and she just gets spit back out into their yard. I find it interesting how the father knew what was happening. Yeah, and like May, uh, not May, uh, Satsuki doesn't initially believe May, and then as soon as her father says something, suddenly she's a hundred percent. On board with everything that May said. Always trust your elders. (laughs) Right? Um, I mean, that is a big Japan thing. And can I say, like, um, as much as it's nice to sometimes get, like, uh, completely healthy families like this one, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like what happens in movies a lot of the time is we see the exact same type 
of family relationship. And we want something different, even if it's not always necessarily good. But sometimes we do want just your no, your normal healthy family that, mm-hmm. and th- and this is what that is. Although healthy might be a bit of a uh, bad word to use here because their mom <laughs> certainly is not, not healthy. <laughs> but they all I've have healthy relationships. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they all have healthy relationships, and that's really what I was going for. Um, not healthy. Um yeah but i mean sometimes like i don't know whenever you have uh a family a a movie that is about a family oftentimes you will have that family be really really bad um or dead yeah or dead like a lot of the times these children's movies yeah a lot of the times these children's movies um like the protagonists are children and the parents are just dead or not around, not ever around. And it's not believable. Um, and with this, you know, it's, it's believable. Their father may be overworked and he may be a bit more laid back than I would like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a bit, a little bit, um, lazy in some cases, but not terrible person. Just, I wouldn't say that he's lazy. Um, because he, he definitely seems like he's a hard worker. Like, um, okay, may not lazy, um, how would I say, um, non-observant? Yeah, admit, like, I, I, I would not be surprised to, to hear that well, this father uh, got into a child negligence case. Well, also, half of it, half of the movie was, you know, his lack of observing. Yeah. The other half is, he can't see anything. Totoro, um, the Totoro magic won't actually, um, let him. Yeah, he can't see Totoro, he can't see Catbus. <laughs> um, hashtag Catbus best character, um, is this it is bad? Out, get this tr- is it bad that sometimes I was thinking that Cat- <laughs> that it would be funny if Catbus ate the children? <laughs> <laughs> Nah, nah, man. If it's gonna happen, Totoro's gonna do it. <laughs> no, see? <laughs> Catbus can totally just do it without anyone even realizing what's happened, what has happened for several seconds. It would, like, you would definitely see that Totoro is about to eat the characters <laughs> before he does it. Yeah, but it'd be funny. So anyway, where was I in terms of the plot? Oh, yeah. Secret tunnel. They figured out that everyone knows it's a tunnel now, so it's no longer a secret tunnel. <laughs> and then what happened after that? Was it like the, um, the bathtub thing? Yeah, that scene. I don't Which, know. I, I, the first time the music came on with um, the black must things, decided, okay, bye. <laughs> Yeah, like okay, so the bath the bathtub scene makes me a little bit uncomfortable, um, and I mean it's mostly because of culture differences between America and yeah. Japan. Um, because like Japan doesn't really have uh, that much of a fear of nudity. Japan fears nothing. <laughs> I mean, they fear some things, but nudity certainly isn't one of them. And they, uh, I mean, humans are nude sometimes, and it wouldn't make sense for them not to be naked in the bathtub. And it's not like they, ne- mm-hmm. like, it's not like they ever actually show anything, which thank freaking God they never did. What, this, I'm pretty sure this movie is not rated R. <laughs> um, also... I would not want to be the person who had to animate that. Yeah, I would not either. Uh, but anyway, uh, I guess during that scene, I was more thinking like, in my like, what I've been taught is a little bit weird. But knowing what Japan is, I'm just like, I mean, nothing weird is happening. It's yeah. Just... But. Just like if you showed me that scene, without out of context, con- yeah, out of context, 
and I had never seen the rest of the movie before, and I didn't, and, and, and let's even say I didn't know about these differences between Japanese and American culture. Yeah. I, I, that scene would make me way, way more uncomfortable than it already does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's just, that's just it. And then, like, Apparently, the soot gremlins, or the soot sprites, whatever you want to call them, um, they decide, oh, these people are nice, let's leave. Which makes me wonder, what the hell would they have done if they decided these people weren't nice? Would they have just stuck around and made all of their furniture dirty? Like, what exactly are the powers of soot gremlins? <laughs> I think I have to go into um, the spirits of uh, Japanese culture to find that answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of this is. Now, I have no proof on this, but I'm pretty sure most of this is completely based on them spirits that have already existed in uh, Japanese culture. Which I find it very interesting, especially explaining. Um, you knew all of this. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about it, too, um, despite the age of this movie, the animation looks really good. And, like... Welcome to Ghibli. This, <laughs> yeah, it's like Ghibli... Ghibli inspired a lot of the animation behind Avatar The Last Air... Uh, well, particularly My Neighbor Totoro, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of... Uh, there's a lot of Ghibli influence in Avatar The Last Airbender, which then itself influenced pretty much all of Western animation going forward. Because yeah. like, it affected almost, I mean, it, it affected Japanese animations, probably. Um, Ghibli itself, and I say this again, Ghibli is the Disney of Japan. <laughs> yeah, except, you know, maybe not as many war crimes. <laughs> um, I mean, there's also... um. They're way more, um, you know, copyright heavy. I mean, in some ways, yes. Uh, considering, you know, it took them fucking ages to make their movies digitally available. Like, we are fortunate to even be able to record this podcast discussing this movie. Because if it hadn't been for them finally relenting and putting their movies on HBO Max... There is no way we could have done this. I guess while we're on the topic, we can also talk about the weird um, releasing of this movie and all um, Studio Ghibli movies. How that Disney had the right to distribute it to um, only physically. Warner Brothers got the digital rights. And, and, and to me, that's we- really weird. Like, I, you wouldn't think that those would be separate. I've never and, heard of them being separate for anything other than Studio Ghibli. And now that I'm looking at it, I believe that uh, Disney not only got the physical rights, it also got the rights to translate the movie. Mm. Because that would um, understand why there's two different... Um, Two versions. Yeah, and it's the the one that we watched had Dakota Fanning in it, apparently, and I'm not sure who she plays um, because um, I don't I, I can't recognize her voice at all. Like, I, I, <laughs> it's just a name that I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard that name before. <laughs> um, who? Dakota Fanning. Hmm. I don't believe I heard that. Um. Yeah, that's a name. Yeah, um, but maybe I can actually find the voice for Totoro now. But nice. going forward with more of the plot um, oh, and stuff. Uh, so yeah, we've basically already talked about how their mom is in the hospital. Um, but I, I believe the next scene after the gremlins leaving the uh, house is Satsuki and May going through Granny's garden and picking food. Mm-hmm. That's if my memory serves correctly. It's hard to remember things that... Like, 
while this movie itself is memorable, it's kind of hard to remember the things that actually happened in the movie. Actually, I feel like the next part was would be them going off to um, the hospital. Yeah, maybe it was. Because um, I feel like if, if the scene that you're talking about is correct, that'd be at the ending of the movie, well, close to the ending, where it's like, I found this corn, I'm going to give it. Yeah, so I guess they go to the hospital then, and they visit their mom, um, and we get to see how their relationship with their mom is, and, like, it's a really, like, <laughs> it's a really nice, healthy relationship. Don't know what that's like, because I've never <laughs> had a good relationship with my mom. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a healthy relationship. Not healthy person. <laughs> Which, now that I think about it, I cannot remember why she was hospitalized. I don't I think they think. actually said why she was initially put in the hospital, but I do know that they said that she's going to have to stay over at the hospital for more time because she got a cold. Yeah. But anyway, um, there's this whole thing about, uh, basically that May is pretending that she's not scared of the house. And of course, uh, their mother sees that and says that uh, she'll uh, sleep with May. And it's like, it's this really, it, it's this, it, it just shows some really good parenting uh, where, you know, uh, their mom just tells May that it's because she's scared. Because she doesn't want to hurt May's, I, I mean, of course, May's not thinking about this, but she doesn't want to hurt May's pride. Like, uh, and primarily doesn't want to make her cry by, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Because May thinks she's a big girl now. And Let's she can't. see how can't. big that girl is um, at the ending of the movie. <laughs> and she just can't be, uh, it, like, she can't be scared, because big girls don't get scared. But anyway, uh, so, you know, they go home, and then I think next is the grand... No. Next is, uh... Next, Satsuki goes back to school, We fit, and we sort of kind of figure out, oh, their dad is working, like, teaching at the university... Uh, at that particular point in time, and then mm -hmm. May just kind of shows up, um, and was like, oh, she wouldn't stop crying, uh, unless Granny brought her to Satsuki, and then it's like, okay, uh, in tip, it, 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 I don't know, uh, I, I guess, you know, olden times, this move, that this would have worked, but if this had happened at any School in the modern era, there is no way they would have let May into the classroom. <laughs> well, it depends. Um, Japan um, schools are very different. I mean, it's still different. Yeah, from what I've heard, Japan schools are actually a lot more strict than American schools. <laughs> and you know how strict American schools are. I mean, we ask 18-year-olds to make important financial decisions about their future and the rest of their life when a month ago they had to ask to go to the bathroom. So, <laughs> I mean... I mean, it'd always be, like, more strict in some areas and less strict in others. <laughs> you know, but we're off track. Uh, track. Yeah, yeah, but uh, bleh, uh, American schools suck. Uh, school system is terrible. Anyway, back to the movie. Um, she starts drawing a big Totoro, and in typical fashion, like, somebody quietly asks what she's drawing, and she just says, it's a big Totoro at normal volume. And I'm like, yep. Typical four-year-old kid not picking up on social, social cues. <laughs> um, I mean, I wouldn't count it as real if it wasn't. <laughs> she did. 
But yeah, um, on the way home, it starts. It starts raining, and they don't have an umbrella, so they just you know stand under this little thing that also has a statue. I think I, I remember it being a statue. Uh, yeah, under it as well. And this little boy who we've seen a couple of times throughout the movie, and is kind of a little boy. <laughs> like honestly, that's just how he acts. He's a little boy. Um, he, you know, hands over his umbrella and just and starts runs. running home. Um, his umbrella, which by the way is filled with holes, uh, and they go. Uh, Not very Satsuki, enough, you ask me. Yeah, Satsuki and May get home, and they discover, oh, their dad left his umbrella. So they go to the bus stop to wait for him, but he doesn't get off the first bus, and then he doesn't get off the second bus, and then they're waiting, and May falls asleep, so Satsuki just starts, you know, carrying her on her back. Which is pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then Totoro shows up, and th this becomes the first time we see Cat Bus. But uh, also, <laughs> but also, uh, they lose their dad's umbrella because they gave it to Totoro. I just love how Totoro appears and disappears. It's like, okay, I'm here now. Yeah, hi, I'm here now, and now I'm leaving. <laughs> And then after Cat Bus has left, then another bus shows up, and we we'll, and by the time this bus shows up, the rain has stopped. So, so you said how good this animation was. I want to say how fluid the animation is, especially with Cat Bus. Yes, I mean as we know, it would later inspire Appa, who was beautifully animated himself. So, but I think Cat Bus was so much movement and life to it. Like, you cannot look at this cat bus and think, like, it jumping around is not the best thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and some of the the sound effects for the cat bus, particularly the sound effect of the door opening and closing, is just... that It's gorgeous. But anyway, their dad shows up on a bus. Rain's already stopped at this time, so they kind of waited for nothing. Um, and we learn... Oh, he overworked, missed his train, and had to wait for another bus. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> yep. So, uh, while Totoro was there at the bus stop with him, he gave Satsuki a thing full of acorns. And they decided to plant these acorns in a garden, and... A few several... days later, they won't grow. <laughs> Several months pass, it seems, uh, in such a short amount of time in the actual movie. Um, yeah. And May is just, you know, standing there, waiting for them to grow for several days. And it's like, yep. That's what a kid this would is... do, not realizing oak trees take forever to grow. Unless you have a magical spirit um, helping you. Yeah, unless you have magical spirits helping you grow them to, like, huge size overnight, and then and suddenly then back they're down just... <laughs> to um, normal. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of funny there. Um, so then, like, after this big tree scene, where, you know, they, they kind of just go on a magical wind ride with Totoro. Not much, really, of significance is happening. But I think a lot of significance is happening right now because a magical wind rain with Totoro is my type of future. <laughs> but basically, I think the next scene is then the scene where they're going through uh, Granny's garden and picking food. And a <laughs> telegram comes for their father, but he's not home. So uh, this little boy comes and delivers it to Satsuki and then... Like, Satsuki's like, well, Dad's not going to be home for quite some time. And Granny's like, well, then you probably better open it in case it's an emergency. Turns out it is. Uh, sort of. <laughs> it's an but, emergency, it, but it's not. Um, <laughs> no. It never no. was. It, it, it's just like the reveal that, oh, 
their mom has to stay over at the hospital over the weekend, even though she was supposed to come home. She can't now. And, um... What follows is the next scene that reminds me of why I don't like kids. Well, here we have pessimistic and optimistic. Yeah. You have May just screaming it's not fair. And you have Satsuki, who is also frustrated. Like, I understand where both of them are coming from. It still annoys me. (laughs) Like... You have Satsuki, who's extremely frustrated, and she lashes out at May, understandably. Um, And, (laughs) I mean, she's not even really that mean. But then, like, when she storms off, May just starts crying and is like, she's so mean. And I'm like, girl... If this is the meanest your sister ever gets, you've got it good. (laughs) (laughs) Though, I want to admit that um, the pessimistic side also doesn't help with when it clashes with the optimistic. Yeah. um, She's probably already dead. Yeah. Excuse me? (laughs) Like, you've literally already been told that it's just a cold. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, so, basically, um, May ends up seeing Satsuki crying, uh, and, like, Granny holding her and stuff, and she runs away and is trying to bring corn to their mom at the hospital, but, of course, she's a four-year-old, and there's no way she has that sense of direction, so, of course, no, she- it's, like, three hours. Yeah, so of course she gets lost. Duh. (laughs) Um, But then, you know, Granny and May uh, realize after a while that she's gone and they can't find her. So They knew where she went, obviously, but... They had an idea of where she went. Um, So they start searching. Um, And they're searching for a while. And we get to the only... We get to what is possibly my favorite scene in the movie. Um, Satsuki is running, and she sees this little boy, whose name I still can't remember, on a bike. Um, And he tells her that a while ago, they found a sandal, a little girl's sandal, in the pond. And that they don't know if it's actually May's sandal. Hmm. I cannot imagine the emotions that Satsuki is feeling. Not only, okay, so not only is she already worried about her mom and whether or not her mom will be okay, now she has to worry about her sister and is afraid that her sister might be dead at the bottom of a pond. So she is, like, she is booking it, and it is a long run that she has to go through to get to this pond. And, like... There's a point where she has to stop because her body can't handle it and she still has to keep going because every second is Hmm. another second that something could happen to her sister if she's not at the bottom of this pond. She finally gets to where everybody is searching through this pond and Granny shows her this sandal. And it's not hers. And the both of them, like, the emotions, like, it is so emotional for them that they literally fall to the ground. Because, like, you're not only just relieved that your sister's not dead at the bottom of the pond, you're also scared because now you don't have any idea where she is. And then the final desperation move. Yeah. Let's just go to a spirit to help. Yeah, let's just go to this spirit. Like, Satsuki, of course, gets this idea to try to find Totoro, to get Totoro to find Catbus, so that that she can search more effectively. And, of course, Catbus takes them right to her. Thank God. 
And we can see that even May is distraught with being lost. Um, but Catbus picks them up and actually takes them to the hospital, where their father has already gone to. And this entire time, their father has no idea that May even went missing. I don't think he ever finds out. And mm, doesn't May, need to, well probably finds out the after the movie. You know. Yeah, May basically puts the corn on the window windowsill. They pick it up and stuff, and that's pretty much the end of the movie. We get like another song, which um, you know it's the ending song of the movie, and the credits roll. <laughs> Speaking of the soundtrack, um, there's just this magical song that plays like. Um, with Totoro and the Dust Mites. Yes, it it very it's, much reminds me of something that I would hear in Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Nearly all the original score of this music, movie reminds me of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Reminds me of, like, beautiful. This is the definition of what beautiful is. Yeah, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon music. <laughs> Open a dictionary and look at, like, look at the definition of the word beautiful, and right next to it, you will see a picture of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon soundtrack. And then right below that, you will see a picture of the My Neighbor Totoro soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, Animation, flawless, but... I'm going to say flawless, but flawless at the time. But it, um, it, it is really good animation. There are other movies we're going to cover later that um, are animated really beautifully for the most part. But then there's this one part where I'm like, ooh, that does not look good. And we'll get to those when we get to them. There's I nothing don't in think this, that, yeah. There's, there's nothing, nothing in this movie that that applies to for me. It's just a really solid movie. Yes. Um, but, unfortunately, there is an aspect, there is a very important aspect to this movie that hmm. um, makes me not like watching it as much. And it has to do with uh, my gender dysphoria. I have... Hmm. Uh, it, a lot of the times I will see like on an ask trans subreddit or some sort of thing where mm -hmm. somebody will ask what weird thing gives you dysphoria. Seeing little girls running around and being happy and doing things that little girls do. That is the weird thing that gives me dysphoria, especially when it's in movies and TV. I have no idea why it's especially when it's in movies and TV, but they're like especially happy too. Like, yes. E even if I wasn't, it's like, damn, I want to be, I'll be this happy in my daily life. And like, you know, it, it. I mean, it is roughly at this point that a lot of people would say that you know, if you're a kid, you should treasure that time that you're a kid. But honestly, in my life, um. Being a kid wasn't great. I never, um, I have not missed being a kid at all. And I can honestly say with 100% confidence that my adult life has been the best years of my life. So far. Not partial opinion, but I understand yeah. where you're coming from with that. Yeah, there, like, so far, my adult life has been better than everything that happened in my childhood and my teenage years, and I'm 24. So yeah, I, I am cert I am sure that there will be years in my adult life where maybe I'll miss my 20s. I can totally see that happening because, like, I'm probably yeah. the happiest I've ever been. Um, I'm at the time where it's just like you'll never forget your high school graduation. You'll never, you'll never forget high school. You'll, it's gonna be the happiest moment of your entire life. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I don't think I could name twenty people that I went to school with. 
<laughs> Which is kind of sad because I know how big her class was. Yeah. Not. That, 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 that's what it was. How big my, was your class? It's not. My graduating class literally had 11 students. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, of course you couldn't. But that was just my graduating class. There were kids in other grades. I couldn't tell you my entire graduating class. And it was only 11 students. Like, obviously, I can go and grab my yearbooks. Because I mm -hmm. still have them sitting around my apartment somewhere. And I could probably find at least 40 people that I remember. But if I'm just thinking off the top of my head, no, I can't remember them. But we're getting off track. The point is, a lot yeah. of people will see this movie and come away with treasure the time that you're a kid. And I don't get that. Um, we might have to wrap this up soon. Oh, yeah, we're going to wrap this up soon because I'm literally about to say yeah, that we need um, to get to rating it. Um, I would say like 9 out of 10. I'm only going to give this movie a 7.5 out of 10. Really? And that is purely because of the difficulty it brings me to watch it. Makes sense. And also a little bit of how hard it is to remember the things that actually happened in it. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. But yeah, um, shit, I almost forgot. Before we go, we need to spin the wheel. Um, and it is on the wrong list at the moment. Okay, so, Lily, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Alright, spinning the wheel now. Of course, you guys can't see it. Um, Lily can't, can't even it. see it. <laughs> oh, great. Okay, so it has landed on 101 Dalmatians. How interesting. Yeah. So, um, when we get around to covering 101 Dalmatians, we're only covering the animated movie, the one that everybody knows. I know there was a live-action version that's also pretty old, um, and it's not part of the modern set of Disney live-actions. We're not covering that. Anyway, uh, we'll yes. see you guys again in the next Bye. episode. Goodbye.